Today's show is brought to you by Sparkling Water. I talk about it so much that uh, the Sparkling Water Company has decided that they're going to write me a check all the time for mentioning Sparkling Water. Today, I'm discussing a little bit about mental health. I don't want to say it's it's not talked about because people are talking about it now. It's still it's still on the fringes of society. You know, if if someone says, "Oh, did you hear about our neighbor?" Timmy, he is depressed. That there is, there's still kind of a, a bit of a taboo around all of that, and it's not just you know, for medical privacy reasons. You know, I don't feel I need to discuss your venereal diseases in public. It's not because of that. I think it's because mostly people are are afraid of mental health. I think that's a lot of it. Um, it's it's kind of scary that uh, that you could you know fall into an altered sense of reality. Uh, without without knowing it and then all of a sudden you're there and you're kind of stuck now what to do so so that is i mean that is a very scary thing at the same time i think with more discussions around it it becomes less likely that you just kind of slip into it and get stuck there and i doubt very many people are, are and there's people that are stuck there but it's, it's not as many as you think and uh in in some class or some YouTube video or something like that, at, at some point in my life, I, I saw something about, it was a chart to where you had, like, uh, on one side of the chart, it was risk level, so from, like, low to high, and then on, on going the other direction, it was uh, frequency, and then you could even add another direction of, you know, severity or something like that, and, oh, no, that's what it was. It was severity and frequency, so, you know, like like stubbing your toe might happen a lot but it's not very severe an asteroid crash crashing into the earth is really severe but it doesn't happen a lot so so that's kind of the chart there and and i think you know people completely losing it you know losing their sense of reality uh permanently is way off on that edge of it's really severe but it doesn't happen that often usually it's just you get into a funk for a period of time I know for myself, that's that's what happened over the last, oh, about 10 years. Got into, I got, there was depression and anxiety uh, in there. There was a hot minute where I was afraid I was developing bipolar disorder. And that was, that was fun. It's one of those things that, that again, you, at least for myself, I didn't notice it happening until like I was deep in the throes, especially of, of depression. Uh, I remember one of the first things that happened was I got these weird back spasms where my back would just like, twitch and so then yeah, i went in for tests for like ms and and all those kind of things and i came back and like oh you just you have anxiety i'm like oh well you know whatever i'm not anxious about anything i would i'm an easygoing guy there's nothing to worry about there and interestingly enough i started exercising and they went away so then that happened and then uh, when i moved to miami that's when i really kind of sunk down into depression to where yeah i would just sit there on the couch until one two o'clock in the afternoon not doing a thing while my son watched TV, and then I realized, oh God, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. We got to get out and do something. That level of depression didn't even didn't even phase me. It was it was once I started like once my brain realized, not evil brain, but the other part of your brain that acts without you, your um, your neutral brain, if you will, maybe subconscious, your your instinct to survive. It realized, hey, 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 something isn't going right here. We need to get out of our situation. I think that picked up a little Marvin the Martian there at the end. And then that's when I was like, we, we, we should uh, 
How do we get out of this? We should fake our own death. We don't want to die. We just want to, we want to fake it. And then we can move away and we can start over again. And and so that's that's when it kind of really hit me. Like, oh God, there's something going on inside my noggin that I need to talk to someone about. And even though I was horrifically broke at the time, it was important enough that I, you know, you scrounge together the money to go and see a therapist. And then that's that kind of started the road to recovery. And and even then, I still didn't fully understand all of it. Hell, today I still don't. But, it, you know, over time, as you start noticing stuff and become becoming more self-aware about what you think and how you think it, you kind of grow and develop that picture of yourself in your mind. So you kind of start figuring out, okay, this is normal. This is not normal. And some of it is even... You may have things that you don't like or that, that you think about that you don't want to think about, but it's it's more of a nuisance and less of a, a severe issue. Uh, examples are escaping right at this moment, but, um, you know, every once in a while, maybe maybe you daydream about, yeah, about exactly that, just, just running away, getting away from it all, and going off and living in the woods. You know, that's not a bad thing to think. You know, it, it's fun to daydream about that every once in a while. The problem becomes when you then start ignoring all of the things that you need to do around you. You start ignoring your family and your job and all your responsibilities because you're obsessing over that. You're constantly thinking like, oh, I need to go do this. That's when it's, okay, now, now we're crossing into a problem. And, and this, this kind of stuff is, I mean, it's common uh, you know, across, across all Americans. And it's, you know, obviously, it's, it's, I don't know if it's getting worse or if it's just because of more awareness more people are coming forward. You know, like when, um, when, when I was younger, autism kind of really became more understood and doctors were talking about it more and diagnosing it more. Not because there was more, di- more autism, just there was more education around, okay, here's how we identify what autism is. Here's what it is. Here's how we treat it. And so then, of course, you know, more kids start getting diagnosed and then all of a sudden there's this big push, you know, Science pushes in one direction to say, hey, we need to identify and treat this. And then society says, well, hold on, hold on. We got to push back. You know, not every kid has autism. And, and so, you know, just kind of that constant tug of war. And, and you see that also in, uh, in, in history to where, you know, shortly after something happens or, you know, an important person lives, there's a certain narrative about them. And, then, and that narrative is it depends on the person. So like George Washington, it's going to be a really good narrative. Hitler is a very bad narrative. And then over time, they start getting kind of pushed the other direction as as people start saying, well, you know, like with George Washington, well, what about the fact he owned slaves and, and he did this thing over there? And, the, oh, you know, the cherry tree thing, that didn't actually happen. And you get this big pushback against his legacy. And then, you know, just after a while, it kind of, kind of swings back and forth until eventually a lot of the passion and emotion gets taken out of it. And then you can just look at it and say, okay, here's... You know, here's a more neutral look at George Washington, the person. And and you see that, like, let's take, take for example, um, Genghis Khan. Uh, the guy took over basically all of Asia and a good chunk of Europe and the Middle East, killed, like, half the world's population at the time. And and we're talking about not just, like, killing in battles, but, like, his soldiers after the battle, after they would take over a town, they would tell the town, like, hey, if you surrender, we will let you live. And then the town would surrender, and then and then sometimes they would just kill the town, like every, literally every single person in that town, just because, just to send a message to other people. So if you ever pine for the days of yore 
they are not all there that, that they were cracked up to be. So mental health, back on topic. So yeah, so 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 right now I, I think we're we're getting into that period to where uh, you could see in 10, 15, 20 years, you know, everyone, you know, oh, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I, I have all these things. And, and I think you're kind of starting to see that in certain populations of people. Um, you know, the, the, the people that are, um, they're going to let you know about everything that's wrong with them. They're very, very open about all of that. And, and so I mean, you're starting to see that kind of across society. Um, the, 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 I think it's CDC or, or one of those government organizations pegs it at uh, one in five Americans develop a mental disorder throughout the year. Uh, some of those are transient. So it, so it might just be like seasonal affective disorder to where, you know, at the end of winter, you are depressed and horrible and, and everything is awful. But then come summertime and you're actually able to go outside and get sunlight and do, do things, you, your mood improves. Uh, or it may be that, that you're able to, to kind of self-diagnose like, oh God, I have, I have severe anxiety right now. Uh, you know, I need to, I need to get out and exercise more, or I need to see the doctor about this or that or the other thing. And so I, I think that's some of it, but then, then there's also the people that yeah, to where like the mental, mental disease kind of settles in and sets up shop. And it's like, you know, I'm not going anywhere for a while. Let's sign a long-term lease. And that, that was very much me, you know, 10 years ago to where kind of everything, the, the anxiety, the depression were settling in. In terms of impact, uh, kind of across the United States, you might think, oh, you know, it's 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 something that happens to a lot of people, but it's not, you know, it, it's not that severe. Well, if you take a look at it, because we have hospital visits for injury. Uh, so that's, I mean, people going to the ER, admitted to the hospital, just seeing their doctor, all that kind of stuff. There's 40 million of those each year in the, in the United States. And if you take that one in five figure and apply that across across Americans, that's 70 million people a year impacted by mental health. So it's it's a very serious thing. The problem is it's it's very tricky to identify and diagnose. You know, like with a bro- broken arm, uh, you know, you can see like, oh, this line on your x-ray, you see that there's the bone and then this line here, that's where it's broken. With cancer, I mean, you could you could take a sample of it and, and look at it and say, yes, this is cancer. With depression and like anxiety, or ADHD or any of those kind of things, it's, you know, there, there, there's no definitive test. You know, the, the doctor or therapist or whoever it is can ask you a series of questions, can kind of go through your life, can kind of put the puzzle pieces together, but it's not, it's not clear cut. I mean, e- each one of these disorders, they, they, there's so much overlap between them all as well, between things like depression and anxiety and ADHD and, and any, any of the other ones to where it's like, well, it could be this or it could be that, or it just may be just something temporary. I mean, it's really, it, it's like building, building evidence for a trial. You know, it, it's, it's next to impossible for, for the most part, it's impossible to sit there and say, you know, hundred percent for everyone, you know, this person's guilty. That person's not guilty, 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 not guilty, so forth and so on. You got to build the evidence and you got to kind of prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Sometimes that evidence is crystal clear. You might have a video of someone doing something, boom, that's cut and dry. And, and sometimes that's that's very much what it is with mental health. You know, so someone may, uh, uh, God, I, there, there was a movie I watched a while ago to where it, it highlighted, I think it was it was real stories that had been dramatized of, of people with, met, with um, uh, mental health issues. And one of them, it was Anne Hathaway's, uh, she, she was playing this character that had bipolar. And it was very clear to where, I mean, and and I'm sure part of it was her acting, but you know it it flip a switch to where she, you know she was she was constantly going, and then all of a sudden, boom, she couldn't even get out of bed. 
So something like that is very clear cut. You know, there there's a line in the sand. And uh, and and other times, you know, like with myself, ten years ago, it was well, you know, we think it's anxiety. We've ruled out all these physical things, so we think it's anxiety. It ended up being uh, it was anxiety caused by ADHD because. Yeah, there was there was a disconnect between what I thought my life should be and what my life was, and I had a hard time kind of crossing that gap. And there was a lot of things that um, I felt I should be good at and should be able to do because of you know just kind of the way you're raised and and all the things you hear throughout your life. You're like, well, God, I I should be able to be organized. I I should be able to to listen to someone when they tell me a story. I should be able to listen to all of it. And not drift in and out and, oh, no, now they said cheeseburgers. And, oh, now, God, cheese, I, I remember when I worked at A&W, we had good cheeseburgers. And, you know, there's not any good A&Ws around here. And, uh, and oh, you know what sounds really good? Uh, the El Rodeo. That's, we, we should go to El Rodeo this, oh, this weekend. Wait a minute. We, I can't go to El Rodeo this weekend because we're going on a trip to Chicago. And, oh, the Chicago, the Cubs are there. Oh, my goodness. I remember back in 2016 when they won the World Series and, and you just and, all, and this whole time the other person's still sitting there telling their story and and maybe they've asked you a question and now you have no idea what they said. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna try really hard to not make this episode entirely about me, but uh, I can't promise anything. Yeah. So I mean, it it's with mental health issues, there are things that impact. I mean, and it, and it, it can impact anyone. You know, you think of. Um, you know, back problems, neck problems, uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, th- those kind of things. If you're working at a computer, you're more prone to get those. You know, injuries to the knee, to the ankles, th- th- that's for people who, you know, doing much more physical work or playing sports. Head injuries, you know, if you play football, you're going to get a head injury. You're sitting behind a computer, you're not. Um, whereas with, with mental health, it's, you know, depression can sneak in and, and get anyone. And, uh, and, and all these different twisted ways of thinking, they, 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 they kind of creep in there and take over your mind and start warping how you view things. So it, it's almost kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, um, you know, the snake where the snake is eating its tail. It's almost like that to where it just kind of feeds on itself and it grows stronger. I know the snake eating its tail doesn't do that, but you get what I mean. And mental health impacts physical health and physical health impacts mental health. And all of that works together to impact addiction, and addiction impacts all of that stuff. So it, it all very much ties together. To where if, if you've tried to, to, to quit alcohol two, three, four times, it might be a good idea to say, okay, you know, what is, what is underlying all this? I, I know I, sh- I need to stop drinking, but why do I drink? And I think I've mentioned that in previous episodes to where, like, with smart recovery, that's really what they do. They, they, they explore, you know, why do we drink? You know, and it's not just because, well, because the alcohol is there and I like it and, and it tastes good and all that kind of stuff. No, it's it's much more, you know, is it because you're way too hard on yourself? Is it because you're setting unrealistic expectations or maybe you get overwhelmed really easily or in any of these number of things to where it's like, okay, you get overwhelmed really easy. Okay, how do we how do we address that? So that way you don't get overwhelmed. And then you don't get overwhelmed as easily, so then you're less likely to want to drink. So now it's now now we've removed one barrier to you quitting alcohol. Now it's a little bit easier, not easy, a little bit easier. Or or like our anxiety, you know, become you become super anxious about something, so then you drink, 
but then because you drank, now, now you're anxious about, oh, God, oh, now I'm drinking. I, I shouldn't have started drinking. Now I want another one. So then you drink more and you become anxious about that and so forth and so on and so forth and so on. One of the things that I found interesting when I was doing the research uh, on Z Google, uh, for folks who develop psoriasis, so I guess uh, there was a study done with those folks. And, uh, and if you don't know what psoriasis is, it's basically it's, it's a thing on your skin to where it, it's really itchy and it's kind of scaly and red and, and it, it, looks, it looks bad. I, I feel bad for anyone who, who has psoriasis. Um, you know, God, Godspeed to you. It's, it, it's not fun. And, I mean, obviously, when, when you have something that affects your personal appearance, there's going to be the shame that comes along in it. And then one out of three of them feel, feel humiliated by it. And then I'm sure a good chunk of that population develops depression and anxiety because of the psoriasis. So, so, so now we have physical impacting our mental. And then from there, you know, one out of ten people with psoriasis have contemplated suicide. So, I mean, just and just something, and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's super uncomfortable. And in high school, I had a priest that uh, he had psoriasis. And, yeah, he was just, you know, he's constantly itching it. And then and then you could see, like, he, he would notice, like, oh, I, I can't itch it. And then it, it just, so that kind of stuff. Oh, God. And then he'd have to go out to the hospital. So, like, a two-hour drive to the hospital to get a treatment for it every month, which was they would slather this stuff on him and then wrap him in saran wrap. To help treat it and then you have to sit there for like two or three hours nice guy great guy uh too bad he had to he had to deal with that so people with depression and i don't know if this is you know you have the you're kind of predisposed for depression and smoking at the same time or if one feeds off the other or whatever it is but if, if you if you have depression you're twice as likely to smoke as as, as people without depression and now when i started smoking i don't think i was depressed at all I, I literally remember, I'm like, oh, this will make me cool. Ah, it's such an, such an idiot. And then, of course, once you get into these states, I mean, one, one of the best things you can do to get out of it, besides, like, talk therapy and all that kind of stuff, is is exercise. You know, get out and move around, uh, especially with depression. That's I mean, that's the hardest thing to do, but it's also the best thing for you. It's kind of a, kind of a catch-22 if you want there. So now, okay, so, so let's say you're sitting there thinking, oh, you know, God, you know, do I, do I have something major going on? And what you don't want to do is, is what I did when you go to the doctor is diagnose yourself beforehand. Because then you go and you say, yeah, I want to talk to you about, about ADHD. I think I have it. Okay, so, so what are, what are some, some common symptoms of mental health disorders? And now I... If you if if you notice, I'm not saying what are what are what are the mental health disorders, and part of that is so what I did when I when like like when I kind of figured it out and I really wanted to tackle it is I went to the doctor and I said I think I have this instead of hey doc you know this is the stuff that's that's bothering me you know who can I talk to what what can I do about these kind of things so I kind of did it backwards. So, I mean, common symptoms, and, and this is, these are a lot of things that, that kind of tie between different disorders. So it's, just, it's not necessarily, you know, here is, here's this disorder, and here's all the symptoms, and here's this disorder, and here's all the symptoms. No, it's, it's here are some things that, that if you see it in your life, uh, maybe you should, you should bring it up to your doctor, go see a therapist, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so number one. Lose interest in things that you were passionate about or that you care deeply about. I know for myself that was that was very common, but it wasn't because 
uh, of the depression, it's it's I would take a deep interest in something, obsess over it for a period of time, and then when I got to a point to where I'd kind of learned all I could and, and or done everything I could, then it's like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're done with that now. Let's go on. Take the Cubs, for example. I was I was a huge Cubs fan from about 2006 to 2016. I, I had a blog and a podcast, all that kind of stuff with them. They won the World Series. I, I don't even know if I could name more than five people on the roster. And I used to know all 25 guys on the regular roster, a good chunk of the 60-man roster, and then a bunch of their top prospects. And that's just that's just kind of I, that's what that was my obsession. Anyway, uh, unable to stop worrying about events. So it's you know whether it was an interaction that you had with someone during the day, or maybe something that's going to happen in the future, or even something that's not going to happen in the future, but you're worried about it because you're obsessing about it. I think the key thing to to remember with with any of these symptoms is how much distress does it cause you? You know, if you're the type that is just kind of a worry wart. And and you you can work around it, and it doesn't negatively impact your life outside of you know just maybe obsessing over where the kids are that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's not necessarily a an, an issue. You know, it it's it's like having a cold versus severe influenza, right? A cold you can live with, you work around it, you work through it, everything's fine. Severe influenza, you need to go see a doctor because your lungs are in bad shape because there's a little bug in there that's saying screw you guys. Anyway, um, so yeah, and, and, and a lot of times with, you know, uh, excessive worrying uh, or being unable to stop worrying, then also it, it, uh, it ramps up exponentially. So it's, it's not just a matter of that you're worried about something, you know, maybe you're going to go on stage and give a speech. You should be worried about that. You should have anxiety over that. Uh, what to make for dinner should not cause you, you know, to, to be in the fetal position on the floor uh, crying because you can't decide. And that's obviously an extreme example of being unable to stop worrying about things. But if you're, take for example, if, if you're, uh, you know, put, putting, you know, giving your kids phones so that way, you know, for the sole purpose that you can track their exact location all of the time, you might be worrying a bit too much. If you are... You know, if you check your bank account statement every every couple of hours, you know your online banking every couple of hours because you're you're worried that you missed something, that's worrying a bit too much. And so, and, and uh, like I said, there's there's so much gray area in here. You know, there's there's very clearly no problem, very clearly problem, and then somewhere in the middle there's a gray line. And what was it? There was a Supreme Court justice, I think. They were, I think this is the early 90s, if I remember right. Uh, they, they were discussing regulations around porn. And in his line was, you know, it, it, I know it when I see it. And maybe it was one of the lawyers arguing before it. And uh, in, in with, with a lot of these things is you know it when, when it's a severe impact on your life, you know it. It's that gray area. And, and I mean, obviously mental health deterioration goes from everything's fine through that gray area into, oh my God, I have a severe problem. So catching it somewhere in that gray area is, it, it's nice, but it's, it's hard to do. Uh, cloudy thinking, inability to concentrate. And this, the tricky part with this one is, is alcohol does that to you as well. It, it causes your brain to, to not work very good, mostly because you don't get a good night's sleep. 
and then also because it, alcohol dehydrates you and it's, it's central nervous depressant and it just, it's all these things that kind of are not very good for your brain. So of course your brain's not going to work very good. But if it's if you when you do quit, if that persists, then that becomes a problem. Or if you can look back before you started drinking and it's a problem, then uh, definitely something again. Discuss it with your doctor. Bring up the symptoms. Say, you know what? I've had this inability to to focus on anything. Uh, I can't. I, I seem like I'm living in a fog all of the time. And it was that way back in in high school or in college before I started drinking. And so that's that's a case to where again kind of kicking off those conversations difficulty starting or finishing projects and tasks so 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 that's got kind of kind of two separate things if you if you have a hard time getting started on something that you want to do like let's say you need to take a shower because you haven't showered in a few days and you stink but you can't just you just can't bring yourself to get off the couch and stop watching tv to take a shower that's an issue if you need to change a light bulb and you just you can't can't be bothered to go out to the garage and and get the light bulb and then you know get the step stool out and then you climb up the step stool and the light bulb's way up there and it might be hot when you touch it oh, i'm just gonna stay here and watch tv you know we'll do that tomorrow that's that's an issue uh inability or uh difficulty finishing projects and tasks so you get all of the big stuff done you get uh, you get ninety percent of the way there, and all you have left to do is, is a couple couple piddly things. You know, maybe put handles on a couple doors, or uh, you know, putting in in the light bulb scenario, throwing the old light bulb away instead it just sits there. You know, th- those kind of things to where again you then start having nine, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty projects around the house that are in varying degrees of completion. That's that's an issue. Avoiding social activities. So you're you're either you're not going out with friends. Uh, you're not you know if a friend calls you and says, hey, can you help me do this this weekend? Or hey, we want you to come over. Or you know, hey, the game's on this weekend. Let's come. Uh, I'm going to come over and, and watch it with you and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, no, no, that that sounds pretty awful. And you're consistently doing this. Doing that every once in a while is is very good for your mental health. You need to you need to be able to say no to social activities. There was a movie, what was it, uh, Yes Man, I think it was, had uh, Jim Carrey in it, I believe. And he, he was he was that type to where he constantly said, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. No, not that either. And then uh, he found a, uh, it was a flyer for a class or something like that. And, and so he went to the class and the class was all about saying yes to everything. And, and, and of course, you know, the... The, the, the foible of the movie and I don't even know at one I don't know if that's a word and two I don't know if I'm using it correctly anyway the the, the crux was I mean I, the class is just supposed to get you to open up to saying yes and he takes it to the extreme to where he says I'm just gonna say yes to everything and it goes through and of course you know, he's saying yes to everything and then he gets to the point to where he's overwhelmed but then he meets the love of his life and they have just the most wonderful relationship and live happily ever after but no, if, if you're the type that says just, just straight out no, uh, or you look for excuses to not do things, uh, that's a problem. Extreme mood changes. I've had this myself. My, I don't want to say I've, I've had this. Um, but I, I, for myself, I can go from perfectly fine to incredibly agitated, you know, like that. And... Uh, that obviously creates some issues to where maybe I will be a little bit harsher with the kids than I should be, or 
you know, with my wife, I she, she may do something or ask me to, to do something or what, any number of things, and, and I respond much more negatively than what is required. Uh, or, or if you go from, you know, uncontrollably laughing to being uncontrollably sad, that's an extreme. But, you know, if, if in the span of, of minutes you go from being happy and, and think life is great to all of a sudden like, oh my god, life is just the worst thing ever, that's an issue. Um, and, and so all of these things, you know, if it swings quite a bit in a short period of time without, I think the key thing here is without a, a you know, the, the, the whole uh, equal, um, equal and opposite force reaction, action and reaction. So, you know, if, if someone walks up and punches you in the face, you should get really mad right away. That makes sense. If someone is walking past you and you get really mad, I mean, unless that person is the devil, you know, that's not that's not the appropriate reaction. Challenge, uh, challenge in relating to others. So if if uh, if someone's telling you a story that is supposed to be sad, and instead you laugh at it, or maybe you don't laugh at it, you just shrug it off and say, "I don't care," and and it's consistent that you do that. Not me, you know. It may just be that one person you don't care about them. Because they sit there, you know, and, and they may be a drama queen and blow everything out of proportion to where an actually sad story, you just don't have a reaction to it because you're numb. You're numb to whatever they tell you. Again, it's it's disproportionate to the cause. Right. Thoughts of self-harm and or suicide. This is one of those that I, I think there's a distinction between being curious about it and planning to do it. You know, if your thoughts go from, I wonder what it would be like, you know, I, I wonder what there is after death. I wonder what it would be like to die, to, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, it, it's one thing to have that thought process to where you're curious. And just a little disclaimer here. Um, I am curious uh, about after death and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just, I want it to happen as far away from now as humanly possible. If my, if my health were to hold up, it, it could happen, you know, millions of years from now. Uh, but obviously, you know, the human body is frail and it falls apart over time. And so there is, you know, like when I'm 95, I would be fine with it then. Not before then, please. Anyway, so, so yeah, so it, there's very much a, a difference between being curious about something and thoughts of acting on it. Uh, you know, as soon as the acting on it, like, like in my example before where, and God, I hope it was in this version of recording where I was wanting to fake my own death and like my brain had started planning that out. That's that, that was for, at least for me, that was the trigger point where I was like, Oh God, I need, I need some help. And, and I think that's, that's the key thing to sit there and say, you know what? You could, you could daydream about how would I fake my own death and what would I do? You know, that, that's one thing. It, it, no different than daydreaming about winning the lottery. Um, and both of them, if, if you then start acting in your life as if you're going to win the lottery or if you're going to fake your own death, that's when you're disconnecting from reality. But th those are very clear ones. And there is, uh, I mean, God, there's all sorts of suicide prevention hotlines out there. You can Google them. And um, obviously, again, look for anything.gov.org uh, in those kind of things. Uh, call up your local hospital. Anything, if you have thought those kind of thoughts, do something about it. Um, inability to control actions. I know for, uh, for myself, there's a lot of times to where like impulse takes over and, and I will become obsessed about, um, well, God, what was it? Well, uh, 
Oh, the, the about a year ago. This is just the example that popped into my head. About a year ago or so, uh, my brain decided it needed a bandsaw. A bandsaw is a type of woodworking device. It it has a band uh, of a saw that spins around and it cuts wood. And I just I decided I needed to have one. And I could not stop thinking about getting one. And it it only stopped when I got one. Then I got one. I'm like, okay, now what? Now what do I do with? I have one. I thought it was going to be this grand, glorious thing, but no, it's not. And so the 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 issue there becomes like in my example is okay if I buy a band, you know, let, let's say I do one big purchase a year on impulse, you know, not the end of the world as long as you can budget. The problem becomes becomes if you're all of a sudden unable to budget for that and you can't stop yourself, right? If if you're racking up credit card debt left, right, and center, um, or if you're spending all of your regular money and then putting groceries on credit cards. Or uh, example, I don't know where I'm getting this from, but you go get uh, fake boobs while your husband is putting groceries on credit cards. Uh, that's probably a good time to go see someone about some mental help. And of course, that that can ratchet up to you know all of a sudden you're unable to control yourself hitting other people or you know driving 800 miles an hour down the highway, you know to to where it's it's dangerous in a non-life-threatening way. And dangerous in that you're going to hurt someone. You know, kind of two different avenues there. I could see where where, where they might kind of cross over to where you start with, you know, you start just buying buying purses left, right, and center, and then it's uh, you you need to go on ski trips every weekend, and then it's oh I need to go speeding down the highway at 800 miles an hour, or I need to you know shoot a gun into into the air in the middle of a city. And I, I could see that progression uh, as your brain gets, you know, as the shopping doesn't give your brain what it needs. And then uh, I forget what the second thing is, but then the speeding doesn't give your brain what it needs and so forth and so on. And uh, and the final one I have here, uh, substance abuse is is kind of a common symptom of a lot of, of mental health issues. And that's, of course, uh, why we're here. You, you turn to you turn to alcohol or drugs or whatever it is not necessarily because you think it's it's awesome but there's a part of your evil brain steps in and says this will take away all of our worrying this will take away you know this this will make us passionate about things because then we can actually do those things and not have to worry about them or you know we can go out and party with our friends and hang out and hit on that cute girl um, if we get drunk, all those kind of things, it, it, that's that's kind of where it steps in. Uh, and that's your, your justification process before you become fully addicted. And there is, so, so, so the, the definition of being an alcoholic is you drink basically more than two drinks a day. Now, does that mean if you drink, oh, and I guess the other part of that is, is you have uh, a reduced ability to stop drinking. Now, let's say you drink three drinks a day. But you can, but you can stop, and, and you stop maybe for you know for weeks at a time. That's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Or maybe you have your two drinks a day or three drinks a day, and there's no no issues. Like you never drink more than three. You never you know it it never causes you to miss work or or have any of those kind of issues. It never causes relationship problems. That's definitely you may want to you know still again scale back on the drinking. But it, it, it's not necessarily a problem that requires immediate attention, especially, you know, if other parts of, of, of your life are, are a mess. So, you know, if, you're, if your kitchen's on fire, 
you're not going to yell at the kids for leaving the front door open when your kitchen's on fire. So yeah, I mean, and if you, if, and I think that, and maybe, maybe it's just me, but I mean, like, but this whole impacting ability to function is, is for a lot of these things, it, it, there's no amount of willpower that allows you to do those things on a consistent basis. You know, maybe, maybe today you can, you can get up and you can take a shower and you can get yourself clean and do everything you need to do today. But tomorrow it's going to be much harder. And then the third day it's, it's going to become impossible and, and you're going to be right back to where you are. And I've learned that I can't count on willpower, no matter how much I still try, I can't count on it to do the things I need to do. So I need to have a planner. I need to have reminders on my phone. I need to have my wife nag me um, and all those kind of things. So that way I can, I can do the things I need to do. Um, one, one of those things, come when it comes to paying the bills, when I was much younger, uh, I completely destroyed my credit because I would go out and I'd buy something on a credit card. And heck, I, I, was, I was arrested once because I bought something with a check. The check bounced. The bank account went into the negative, all that kind of stuff. And, and I didn't clear it up. So like for $45, I was arrested. And I have a class, I think it's a class C misdemeanor on my record for the rest of my life because of that bad check. So over time, I've learned when it comes to paying bills, I've developed workarounds with that. Now, if you... If you have a hard time doing that and you try and put workarounds in place, like for me, it's just I set up auto pay. And if it goes haywire, it goes haywire. That's fine. It's far better than me not setting up bill pay. Um, but if you try and set up those workarounds and that still doesn't work, again, that, that's a good time to, to call up a therapist and say, you know, I need to talk through some things or even maintaining relationships. Like, let's say, you you know. You meet someone, you're good friends for, for a few months, and then it's just you, you can't be bothered to keep it going, and all of a sudden now you don't have any friends. Those kind of things. It's it, Again, it, it's impacting your ability to function or causes challenges, excessive challenges in just living your life. Now, now there there is a difference there between, you know, let's say you're, you're at work and you just... You, you don't want to take on extra work because you just you don't want to deal with it. You don't care about the job enough. And you're just like, you know what, just let me come in, do what I'm supposed to do, collect my paycheck, and I'll go home. You know, that's one thing. It's, it's another thing if you sit there and say, God, I really, really want to work my way up the ladder and take on extra work. But, God, that just sounds so awful. And I, I, maybe that's the distinction there. It's, it's the desire and the inability to fulfill that desire. And so for, for me... And I, where a lot of this stuff kind of, I guess, my experience with it all, um, I, so, so in terms of like, like, let's say just drinking in general, when, when I got back from Iraq, which would have been 2005, the spring of 2005, uh, that, that summer, I drank a lot of uh, Mad Dog 2020. I, I was drinking a bottle of that a night and, and. At the end of that summer, I, I kicked it up to it. I had to start getting a second bottle in order to, to do what I wanted to do. And even to this day, I'm not sure why. So when it comes to, to dealing and addressing with, with, the, uh, with your symptoms, um, kind of what are, what are some next steps that you could do? Uh, next step number one, do not Google uh, diseases. You know, if you think you have depression, do not Google depression. Because then that will start putting stuff in your brain. 
think about, okay, what is it, what is it that, uh, that causes me grief in my life? What is it I want to do and what is it I can't do because, you know, the, related to that wanting to do? And, and write down everything. Just your first list should, should be, be, you know, 75 pages long. Maybe not 75, but you get the idea. Anything and everything. Just get it out of your brain onto paper. If nothing else, that's a little therapeutic there so that we are not thinking about it. It's, it's out, it's down, uh, and your brain can kind of move on a little bit. Um, no issue is, is, is too small for this, for this first list. Uh, now, now some are some are so big that you need to you need to seek help right away. Like, like I was talking about before, self harm, dangerous impulses. You know, if you believe, if you like, wholly believe that the that federal agents are outside your house spying on you right this very second, they don't do that. They do it through your phone. So write down your list, right? So you have your whole big comprehensive list, and go through it and and try and figure out which ones are your big. Are, are the big ones. My guess is they're going to be close to the top of the list because towards the end you're going to start nitpicking and there may be one or two in there that you're like oh yeah no okay this reminded me of that and, and or you finally get the courage to actually write it out because I mean that's that's one thing that I probably should have said earlier it's going to be scary to write this out you're going to be afraid you're going to you're going to worry about somebody finding it or seeing it or any of these kind of things and that's perfectly normal and maybe it's just you start you start by writing a couple of things on a scrap of paper and then you throw that away, right? So that way you, you wrote it, you wrote it down, but now it's, but now no one's going to see it. And I mean, ultimately, if, if someone else sees this list, I, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're, they're going to say, hey, do you need to talk about anything? You know, they're, they're going to be concerned about your, your, your well-being and, and they should be. And, and that's a good thing. That means they care for you. So anyway, so, okay, so, so you have the list finally written out. And, and you're going through and you're prioritizing them, basically, saying, okay, this one's super important. I need to address it. And, and start from there. Start building out examples. Saying, okay, you know, I, I have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. You know, does it make you late for work? Write that down. You know, I, I was late for work three times in the last month. And, and, and what, are the, what are the consequences of that? You know, if you're late for work and your boss doesn't care, okay, it, 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 it's not a good thing. But it's not a negative impact. Maybe there's other things that being late has a negative impact. You know, like, like you miss doctor's appointments or you miss, um, you missed a flight, so it cost you lots of money, and 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 that happens a lot. And you you want to be able to tie it back to a negative consequence. And then again, you, you so you kind of go through the list and you and you iterate through it um, to be able to identify you know the, the the most important ones. And then you go to a doctor with your list and say, hey doc here's here's some things that are bothering me and here's here's the kind of grief they're causing in my life you know what are your suggestions what are some things we can do about this and you know as you go through that list of here's the things that are that are bothering you hopefully you have a good enough doctor that's that's piecing it all together to say okay i can help this person connecting the dots here's what you have let's try this let's try that let's try the other thing uh hopefully you don't get a doctor like like mine uh which i'll I'll step back from that a little bit so so the one thing you don't want to do at least in my experience, is go to the doctor and say, hey, doc, I think I have this going on. You know, I, I think I have ADHD and I need some help. Uh, that's not a good thing, apparently. Uh, in my initial visit, I was, um, I was basically told I was lazy. In a follow-up, in, in a visit with a different doctor, uh, I was called a drug seeker. And so if you can go in there, and then finally when I did get help, I went in there and I had like three pages typed out of all the things that are going on and 
how they negatively impact my life. And that visit took like two hours, but went through. The doctor listened. He even took took all my sheets because I was bouncing all over the place. Took all my sheets, and then he went and saw his his boss or whatever. And in no time, I they they're like, yeah, okay, let's let's try some treatment. Let's try some medication. And it was a relief. If nothing else, it was nice to be heard. And and in my experience, having that list of what's going on with me made it easier to be heard. Because, I mean, if you go through this list and the doctor's like, you know, I don't think it's serious enough for medication. You know, maybe you just go see a therapist. Here's here's a list of therapists in the area. Um, and, and then you can go from there. One thing that you may want to look into before you go to the doctor, and I probably should have said this earlier, is these things that are troubling you, that are causing issues in your life, try and really try and put some some work into fixing them yourself before you get before you move on to that next stage right after you write down your list of everything that uh that is bothering you and in examples of it start researching you know ways to work around it you know are, are you horrifically disorganized well okay find different try different systems to get yourself organized my guess is you've already done that many times just without really putting a whole lot of actual thought behind it so so try and put some thought behind it while you while you try and work through these things and uh, and when you do finally get you know get in front of that medical professional the doctor therapist whatever it is be be open to whatever treatment options that they that they suggest now that doesn't mean just you know going back to earlier don't don't be a yes man and just say yes to whatever they do but don't immediately shoot everything down unless it's like electroshock therapy uh, as part of your first visit or, uh, you know, the, the procedure where they remove part of uh, lobotomy. Yeah, I would, I would say no to that. Uh, I, I think there's actual like medical things that, you know, taking a scoop of your brain out can fix, but, uh, it's certainly that that's kind of a last resort kind of thing. And since you're going to Google all this anyway, and you're going to look up diseases and, and all that kind of stuff, make sure that you're sticking to reputable websites. If you're on a website and they talk about getting rid of toxins and removing chemicals from your life, uh, they're not grounded in science. Okay, It's good to, it, it's good to be all touchy-feely and be in, in touch with your emotions and you know, let some woo into your life. Uh, but I saw this thing one time where it was this uh, basically tape that you put on the bottom of your foot and it was supposed to suck all the toxins out of your body because I guess your feet are where all the toxins are, and so it would suck it out. And their their proof was, you know, when you took it off, that it would be it would be dark on the tape side, which I mean that just tells me that you need to clean your feet, you filthy beast. So yeah, so just make sure that it's 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 places that are good and reasonable, and and generally aren't trying to sell you something. Informational is good, selling is bad. WebMD should be avoided at all costs uh, unless you want to be told you have some horrific disease and are going to die within 15 minutes because that's basically where all of their symptoms lead to is horrific death. And, and of course, always use multiple websites to compare, uh, compare the advice that you're getting because uh, certainly the first, you know, the, the first place you get to, odds are, is not going to be the place that is going to have all your answers. Sometimes it will. Uh, I know in... Uh, for me, with with like with woodworking, there was there was one guy. I, I started with his YouTube videos, and he did hand tools, and I and I went down his path. And 
it was great because, I mean, this is a guy, he's 70 years old. He's been doing woodworking his entire life, so he knows what he's talking about. It's his style didn't match up with my style. So while I was able to learn a lot, it's just in terms of putting it in practice, uh, it, it just didn't quite click with me. And so uh, at the end of the day, I, I was much happier and able to, to learn more and actually really grow my style uh, much better when I started kind of exploring other other avenues. So uh, on YouTube, uh, that that's a good place. There, there's a lot of therapists uh, that post video series on there, or even people that you know they may have similar symptoms to you, and and so they they have vlogs about how they deal with it and and those kind of things. Um, the two that that I I like. Uh, the therapist ones, uh, one is Katie Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. She's a therapist, and, and she does lots of lots of videos about uh, about helping yourself and treatments and and how to manage certain things. Uh, and then uh, there's a Dr. Tracy Marks, M-A-R-K-S. And she's much more on the, I want to say, Ed, clinical educational side to where it's you know this is this is what this is and this is what it means and this is what this treatment option means and, and so it's it's much more information uh, that, that you can put in your noggin to use so and again there use multiple sources please I beg of you and uh, try not to go down rabbit holes use incognito mode to search for things so that way YouTube isn't trying to piece together things for you and steer you certain directions. Because uh, a lot of times that'll end up with with those crazy videos. Um, and it's it's there there must be, when you're a YouTube creator, there must be some packet they give you to where they say each one of your video thumbnails should have some, some bright colors and goofy stuff going on in the background and you making some weird reaction with your face. Sure it works. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. Um, one place, and this is this is out there, given all the other uh, advice I've I've said. Uh, but Reddit, it's uh, it's basically a collection of message boards, and there is uh, there's one of those message boards for pretty much anything you can think of. And this was really helpful for me when I was trying to kind of piece together, like, okay, do I need to develop strategies for depression, for anxiety, or ADHD? You know, what's going on? And for me, a lot of it was, you know, which one of those message boards, you know, when people were posting, hey, this is what's going on with me. What do you guys think? Um, the ADHD one was the one that it was, you know, nine out of 10 posts on there. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I, that, I, I have that going on. Or, um, yeah, that's, that's happened to me. Or, oh, my goodness, that's good advice. Whereas, like, with depression and anxiety, it was, it was, it was like, eh, yeah, kind of, you know, it was, it was on the other end of the spectrum where it was, like, one or two things out of ten spoke to me. And so, it, and most of that was just kind of giving peace of mind to myself that, no, I'm not crazy for thinking that there's something wrong with my brain. And, uh, I mean, finally, God, I, I mean, uh... You know, we're, we're, we're approaching the hour mark here, so I, I'm sure you're glad to be hearing the word finally, which if you've listened to some of my other ones, that doesn't necessarily mean finally. I may ramble on for another half hour. But uh, if, if there is something that's troubling you, if you think you have some sort of issue, if you think you're broken right now, just know you're, you're not broken forever. You know, it, if, if, you put in, if you put in a modicum amount of effort, 
it really it pays huge dividends uh, in the long run. You know, like um, like like take take a look at uh, with physical health. There were um, they've done studies that you know if if after you eat if you just if you go out and walk basically any amount you know ten minutes and longer, it has such a huge effect. You know, like you get eighty percent of of benefits from you know, from the first twenty percent of the work, uh, and, and then it's a matter of of really pushing yourself to get higher and higher and higher closer to that hundred percent. And mental health is very much the same way. Really, just being aware of and accepting what issues you have goes such a long ways to removing a lot of the a lot of the stress that you have behind it. So that way you can say, okay, I, you know, my brain isn't working right right now, but that doesn't mean I'm a terrible person. I'm not crazy, you know. All I'm not a bad person. I'm not lazy. I'm not stupid. It's I just need to work on this. And I know I know for me, you know, looking back you know, in, in my darkest days of, of my mental health, it, it also very much coincided with the, the worst days of my drinking to where, you know, I was, I was, you know, God, every single night I was down in six pack of tall boys of, of beer, like, like it was nothing, you know, two, three bottles of wine. And as I was working on it, it, it became easier to take those nights off. It became easier to, to stop at one. It was never easy. Stop, stopping at one is, is always much harder than stopping at zero. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're, you're not broken forever. You know, I there was a point in time where I was broken, and, you know, you spend time, you work on it, and, and you fix it. Um, and and while I, I don't think I'm, I'm fixed, you know, my brain isn't perfect, but it, it's working so much better today than it, than it did uh, even, even a year ago. And, uh, I mean, you can... you. This is a quote I uh, I saw somewhere. I got this one and another one. Actually, maybe even three of them. It's uh, this one I like. Uh, you can smile again. You can overcome these things. It's not it's not the end of the world. You know that you know there there's there's more bright days ahead of you than there are dark days. So long as you keep pushing forward. It, and it, it's no different than you know when when you're on day zero or day one of, of quitting. You know it. There's not going to be an easy day ahead of you for some time but each day you tick closer and closer and closer to when it's much easier than it is on day one and two more quotes and then i will leave you alone um first one is just because no one can do this work for you doesn't mean you need to be alone so so as you're going down this journey talk with friends talk with family talk even just a therapist just having anyone on your side makes such a huge difference to where you can go and get this stuff off your mind. Heck, do do journaling. If nothing else, get it off your mind and tell a book. Uh, you can you can shred that book later. You can throw it away. Like I said, you can write it down on a piece of paper and throw that piece of paper away. If you want to get really adventurous, try and write it down on a on a piece of toilet paper and throw that in the in the toilet. I was just saying Futurama toilet. And I guess I only had one quote remaining because because. The next bullet point in, in my list here is, you know, take that big scary leap and, and discuss your problems with your friends. Um, heck, you might even you might even find things in common. I know um, as as I've been talking about this more with with people, uh, people I know, it's yeah, it, it's amazing. And, and, and it must just be myself. Uh, how many people around me kind of share similar issues that they've worked through? Like I said, I'm, I'm sure that's just the way my brain works. I gravitate towards those, those kind of people. But uh, no, it's it, it, 
and you'll have people as, as you're sharing this and discussing it and and as you know as these things are issues to you you'll have people who say oh yeah no i i have that going on with myself too and that's fine you know that's that's great you have that thing in common with them and so now so so then you can turn around and you can say hey okay how, how do you get around it so so that way because because i know sometimes it's it, it almost feels like it's uh minimizing the issues you're going through when in reality you can turn it around and say hey how can I, how can this help me? So good luck to y'all. Uh, with that, I, I will bid you adieu. Uh, I've been talking for long enough and, uh, no, just, just best wishes to you. Know that, uh, that for today, I will not drink with you. Um, but, uh, I will, I will work on my, on my brain health with you. So good luck to you out there. Godspeed. Have a great rest of the day.